0: So hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How Did You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Stacey Miller, who is an author and curator of a fantastic STEM program. Hi, Stacy, how are you?
1: Good morning or afternoon for you. How are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. So let's start off with an introduction. I guess I can ask, how did you do it and why should I care?
1: Well, I am an I am an author um, as well as an educator. So the that's where the STEM component comes from. Um, being an author, I I I teach writing, so it was should be natural that I have written a book. But it hadn't been; I hadn't written a book. But uh, as of late, I have been actually just thinking about um, a passion of mine, which is uh, women and girls. And so I wrote a book called. Um, Better Not Bitter, The Good Girl's Guide to Navigating Life's Disappointments. And it's pretty much kind of a love letter to women about um, esteem and uh, self-defeating practices so that they can have more joy, more love, more more life, and be more fulfilled. And um, basically, um, stop saying, learn how to say no, set boundaries, and let go. So that's what the book is about. Um, like I said, I'm an educator. I was a professor at a university level. And... Um, My business partner and I got together and decided that we wanted to create a program for uh, disadvantaged youth to teach them and and, and introduce them to STEM concepts. So we came up with a wonderful program called STEM Fest and STEM Bella and what they what it is for, you know, STEM is science, technology, engineering, math. And we noticed that uh, statistically um, uh, black and brown youth had not been. Um, introduced to STEM at an early enough level. So we created mm-hmm. a digital program, which is an instructional program, and we use the concepts of beauty and music in order to um, be that vehicle because it's what children are interested in. Younger, mm-hmm. um, uh, like teenage girls are interested in beauty. And of course, uh, a lot of most of the youth are interested in music. So that's we, that's how we came up with that.
0: That's such a fantastic idea. And I didn't even think of sort of merging STEM with beauty and music. So I'm really excited to hear more about this. But I guess, yes, of course. But I guess my next question leading on from this would be, what inspired you to be an author and an educator? I mean, was there an experience in your life which was a turning point for you?
1: Well, it was interesting. When I was a little girl, I either wanted to be a teacher or a doctor. And um, I wanted to be a pediatrician and so but i also had that kind of social services at heart but i felt like okay if i was to become a pediatrician and i was to get involved in certain things i would i would want to take everybody home with me and and then i was like that's too much so i decided uh, to go the education route but education has served me well um i uh Went and uh got my bachelor's degree, then my master's degree, and then I uh, started teaching at university level. I taught K through twelve, so um pretty rounded at well rounded in the teaching element. It's challenging. Um I thought teaching uh adults would be easier than, than teaching children, but the adults were kind of like children. So <laughs>
0: it, was, That's it was so interesting. interesting.
1: Very interesting. I broke up fights, not physical fights, but you know, verbal fights and it was crazy. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's so in- that's so interesting. I didn't realize that adults would be so difficult to teach. I guess
1: they are, and, and it's not really about me teaching them; it's about their managing the relationships with themselves. Because at university level, there's a lot of group projects, and adults mm-hmm. don't like to play in the sandbox. So yeah, sometimes <laughs> you, get, you get you know you get four kinds of students. You get the one that's kind of just. Gonna do everything. The overachiever. You got the client. You got the, the student that's lazy. this just kind of sits back. And then you got the middle of the road that doesn't have an opinion one way or the other. And then you got the overachiever. So you got a lot going. well wow. They're usually one of each in a group. So the widest range.
0: Yes, for sure. So uh-huh. I guess. Um, following on from that you are both uh sort of an author and an educator and you have worked on the stem project for a while but what would you say are your were the best resources that helped you along the way
1: well you know what's interesting is that my uh business partner and i we've had amazing we have amazing contacts we have um some wonderful people at microsoft who've helped us because our technology is built on microsoft technology and they have this been a wonderful resource as far as you know you think you know something but someone always a second pair of eyes can always give you that that one little push to make it go further to make it more expansive than you ever could uh, imagine so we've had some wonderful resources in that respect and then our our um the gentleman who built our technology out brilliant
0: Amazing. That's so good to hear. Um, and are there any lessons that you wish you learned before joining the industry, whether that be as an author or as an educator?
1: Um, You know, I don't know if there's something I wish I'd learned, but it's funny because I kind of we, I kind of like my business partner is in STEM as a job. Mm-hmm. I got into it from the curriculum development side. So I'm still <laughs> in the STEM industry, but more on the education. My my business partner is actually in stem she works in stem for her day job and i yeah. am the educator so since this is an educational platform we uh, basically mesh the two together so it was interesting so i didn't have a um i would say strong stem background because i'm not in stem i'm in education but then yeah. my role was still pivotal and important because i created the i developed the cur- curriculum to actually teach the stem concepts so it made me learn more so in hindsight i think if i had if I knew more about STEM, it would have been easier for me, I guess, if you will, to create the curriculum. But it was interesting because I learned along the way. So it was like I was being educated as I was teaching.
0: Yeah. And what I really like actually about yours and your business partners sort of, I guess, agreement is that your business partners in STEM, but then you're as as an educator. And it's nice to have those different perspectives, because I feel like if you were both in STEM, you might not have focused that much on the education aspect of it.
1: And I don't think it would have been as fun It's it, yeah. you know, it would have been a little bit more um, dry. And and mm-hmm. run right of the mill, but I think that's why we used um, music because that's what most everyone can relate to music. I mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, everybody likes some form of music, even if you don't like the same form. Everybody enjoys music, and so uh, that was a great um, way to attract the the youth because they're all everybody always has like a you know the earbuds in, you know their own music going or whatever, and so and then the beauty of course, and most people care about their personal grooming, so. You know, it was just kind of something that we was like, what attracts youth? What are what are young people interested in? What can make them um, look at something and say, oh, this is fun or this is interesting? And then, of course, get exposed to the different careers um, that are in STEM. And that's our goal. That's awesome.
0: Um, So you also mentioned that you've had a few professions. You know, you've been a university uh, professor as well. So I was just wondering, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it across the span of your career?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, funny that you mentioned that when we talked talked earlier about um, teaching adults, mm. I learned uh, in teaching adults that um, when they get into their little spats, <laughs> don't get in the middle of it.
0: That's, <laughs> what, mm. That's <laughs> interesting.
1: Well, it was it was it, it really was because, you know, these are adults, you know what I mean? And mm. adults should be able to manage relationships, should be able to manage their temperament and all that good stuff. They, they're not. So. I had one instance where I instantly regretted after it was over, but I instantly regretted um, how I handled it. So what happened was there were two women that were and they were in a group and they were having a disagreement. One was really, really rude. And so in in the middle, of, I was watching it and I was I was saying to her, this is not how you address, you know, your. That's not how you address your your cohort, nor is it how you act in this class, you know? Mm. So it's kind of like, I felt like mothering, like I'm chastising her. I shouldn't have had to do that. You know what Mm. I mean? I should have actually asked her to leave. And she kept on and on and on to the point where she started disturbing the whole entire class. I had to stop the class, pull her outside and have a conversation with her.
0: Oh, my goodness. It must have been really bad then.
1: Yeah, it, it was really bad. And so, and then in hindsight, you know... I thought to myself, never, never get that involved. And if it's an issue, just ask them to leave. And if they don't leave, call security and, and have them escorted out. Because it was her behavior was reprehensible.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, and that's it was very disruptive to everyone else. So in hindsight, I was like, you know what? These are adults. If they can't figure it out, get on the phone and get her get them carted out. Because it, it just it it uprooted the flow of everyone's education. You know mm. you're paid,
0: okay, so it's mm. not fair. Yeah, and I, yeah, you're right because I feel like at some point there's, you know, you can't rely on others to fix your arguments for you, and you need to be the one to sort of resolve whatever disagreement you've been having.
1: And you know, you should also have that self awareness to say, "Yeah, I'm going too far, or I need to stop." But yes, she, yes, not her. She it was it was full speed ahead.
0: <laughs> wow, that must have been an interesting one to observe for sure.
1: Yeah, it was. And everybody, you know, the other groups were, you know, they were working quietly amongst themselves and she got louder and louder and louder. And so then everybody stops and they're all looking at her. And it this became a spectacle. That's when I said, okay, outside. Because I had to stop it. But then, you know, doing that, it was very disruptive. And so I felt like you're cheating other people by putting too much attention on someone who is acting like a child and we're all adults. Mm-hmm. Good call. Good call for sure.
0: Um, So what advice would you give to somebody who's wanting to pursue a career similar to yours?
1: Well, um, I am a lifelong educator. I love learning and I love teaching. And so I think there's always something to be um, to be learned. If you specifically want to be an author, I think most folks should do their due diligence to learn about um, different writing styles and take lots of courses um, creative writing courses are are the best type. Even though um, my book was, I'd say it was creative, but um, and I te- and I teach writing for business at university level, and so I kind of use the um, uh, 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 synergy of the two to create my book. But I would suggest people, you know, really take creative writing classes because I think the more creative you are when you're writing, all the other stuff can be fixed later. So mm-hmm. it's like as long as you're able to uh free free flow and write you know just from your heart or your spirit all the stuff will come out and then in the end you can always have someone professionally edited so because that's how most people uh I think their best work comes out of them is when they're just able to freely just write whatever and even if it's not complete sentences or anything like that you can always have somebody else come and shape your ball if you will
0: yeah that's awesome and finally about your career what is one myth that you would like to debunk about your profession
1: Um, as far as STEM, I would say is that, um, STEM is for everyone because, you know, um, and that everyone should have access to it. And that is why we created our program. I think that what has happened is sometimes there are throwaway populations that don't always get, you know, their fair, um, Share of resources or um, information. It's the information pipeline might be slowly slower getting to them, and I think that everyone should be able to. um, Contrary to popular opinion, I think everyone should be able to get the same information at the same time, so that they can have the same access and the same opportunities.
0: Hmm. Very very important. But I'm sure also you're very busy as well. But I'd love to hear more about you as a person. So, what have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you?
1: Also oh, I just finished an audio book, The Alchemist. I had been um I have been wanting to read The Alchemist for the longest, but I really hadn't had the time to just sit and read a book. And so I've been listening to the audio book of The Alchemist and I finished it and I absolutely love the the uh, story of the alchemist and just, you know, how um you know, he just kind of followed his own path and ended up where he was supposed to be and had all these epiphanies along the way, he learned a lot and ended up falling in love and just having a good, you know, a good life. And, and one that I think he initially wasn't destined to have. And I'm currently, that was last week I finished that one. I'm currently listening to uh, your, the power of your subconscious mind for a, a personal development class that I'm in. And I really enjoy that.
0: Yes, I've heard The Alchemist is actually a very good book. I, I feel like I need to read it. Jump on that band free, It's a,
1: It's free on YouTube. They have the whole book on YouTube, several different versions.
0: Nice, okay, I'll definitely make sure to check that one out. Um, and then also, this is usually a hard question because I'm asking you to narrow it down to three people, but who are okay. three people in your life who have been the most influential to you?
1: Um, i have to say one, my mother. My mother for her hard work and her tenacity. Uh, she was a single mother of four. And um, she, if nothing else, I learned how to work from her. And then she gave me, I think, some of the most important advice that I use and I think is a testament to my own character is be a woman of your word. And so my mom, um, number one, and then number two, um, I used to always friend in my head was Susan Taylor, who is the ex editor in chief of essence magazine. And so what I liked about her was she was always so classy and regal, so educated. And she made um, being a woman, look easy and beautiful and being smart look easy and beautiful and so I thought she and then I've heard her speak on multiple occasions and actually had the opportunity to meet her so um, I love her work and then if I just go you know I guess I'll go standard if you will and say Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey is um, she is an icon and she is an inspiration specifically because she has the same um, degree that I have. So I have a degree in in mass communication. She has a degree in mass communication that what she's been able to do with her limited resources and just, just pure, um, talent and tenacity and, uh, she's unstoppable. Just that spirit. Um, I love, um, people who are always evolving and changing and, and, and are unafraid. And, And so of course, one of the top people that I, um, have inspired me throughout
0: my life. That's lovely to hear. And then finally, looking across the whole span of your life, is there any advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point?
1: Oh, yeah. This is an easy question because I thought of this a long time ago because this is what I have a tendency to do. Don't overthink it.
0: Mm. So,
1: you know, when you tend to be, um, uh, I because I like education and I have a tendency to con- just always keep, getting information keep keep getting information and sometimes what happens is with all this information you're reading it and you're analyzing it but you have a tendency to overthink it and sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're overthinking it either causes procrastination or you're so busy thinking about it that you're actually not doing anything and so i have a tendency to be an overachiever but i would just say sometimes just don't overthink it just go with your gut and just go and it all works itself out
0: that's great. And a good message for us. I think, especially as a college student, I do overthink things. So thank you for that piece of advice. When oh, I
1: was in college, I had a headache all the time from overthinking. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that ends up our conversation, wraps up our discussion. Thank you so much, Stacy, for taking the time to speak with me today. It was lovely to hear your story and to hear more You're about welcome. what you
1: do. You're welcome. My pleasure. And it was, a, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Nice meet you, Layla.